0: Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, your faithfulness, your grace and mercy. Thank you, Lord, that your word is true. And help us, Lord, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You say my people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. You mean a lack of knowing you, a lack of understanding you and and walking in your truth. And we know that that's true, Lord. Help us to receive the precious manner from heaven, the Word of God. Allow it to take root and bear fruit in our hearts, so that we can be helped, healed, empowered, loved, and prospered by You, and and in, in turn help others with the same help we have received in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, let's look over. In Jeremiah chapter 29. And I'm going to read it if you don't have it. It's fine. Sometimes I like people just listening and then go back and listen online and then they can look up at all the scriptures. (laughs) Either way, it's good with me. I'm just glad y'all are here. Amen. Uh, Jeremiah... The 29th chapter. Trying to get my fingers working here. And uh, beginning at the 11th verse, I just want to read two or three verses. Something just came up into my mind here. I, I know uh, that what George is saying is true. And, and here's, here's how I hear it from people a lot of times. I prayed. He didn't answer. Or well, I guess the answer was no. And I say, well, what were we praying about? And there are certain things That God has given us. Amen. Amen. Through the atonement of Jesus Christ. We have received. First of all. If you are really born again. You have the Holy Spirit. The sin nature is gone. The nature of God has been ushered in. Your, Your spirit has been renewed and sealed. Perfect for all time. By the Holy Spirit. And in that born again spirit. You have the very mind of Christ. All the love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, or self-control—that you will ever need—you already have inside of you. Now, your spirit is not something that can be discerned with your natural senses. So, a lot of times, people look at the Scripture. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, "If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new." And they go look in the mirror and they say, well, it didn't work for me. (laughs) And then they look at their, their stinking thinking. And they say, I still got some of the same old habits. And say, I guess it didn't take. And then a lot of times they end up right back in the same mess. Even worse, because once the enemy finds that that house has been cleaned. And he's been driven out. And he comes back and he'll bring seven others worse than him. You ever know anyone that they, they tried that church stuff for a while? They really were into it. They really had an experience, an encounter with God. They really, really had a, an experience with God, and they they got saved. Well, then they something happened. They were either in the wrong place. They weren't being taught properly, and I think that's the the, the fault of the pulpit. The church is responsible. The leaders of the church, and I could. I could read from Ezekiel 34 how God feels about that and how he reprimands those who don't take care of his sheep properly and feed them properly. But nevertheless, I have people say he didn't answer. And I say, well, if it's your healing you're talking about, he did answer. The answer is yes. Now, I'm standing here before you. I just came through major surgery. Did I believe until I almost died for God to heal me? Yeah i did but i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you something it's not god's fault that i didn't receive my healing it is on account for me it is available it's it's a partly to do with me and here's the big factor because a lot of people take offense at that you see the same with our finances. The same with our relationships. The same with everything else. If we do it God's way, His way is perfect. 100% success rate. The world is a big factor. No doubt. Our lives are busy or hectic. The enemy's competing 24-7 for our time, our affection, our attention. And, the many, and most of the time when we're not receiving, it's either not God's timing... Now, with healing, he'd not put. it's not timing issue. Sickness is not from God. Ever. He doesn't put sickness... Would you put sickness on your child to teach them a lesson? Would you put divorce on them? Would you put poverty on them to teach them a lesson? No, neither would He. Jesus was accused of having a demon. John 10.10, 10, He says, No, wait a minute. The, the thief... The devil comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly, or to the full. And in Acts, it says, Peter gets all excited. He says, haven't you heard of Jesus of Nazareth? He was anointed by God with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. That's God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I only do what I have heard him tell me to do and what I've seen him do. Amen. Good God, bad devil. Let's keep it simple. I've sat under folks who tried to make the gospel complicated. They wanted you to have to depend on them to understand things. And God told me, whenever that starts happening, run. Run. That's not me. Now, there are things that when we're not familiar, it may take us a while to get revelation, but when we hear it, we still go, I like that. And then when we retell it, we might actually, our pastor will tell say this and this. Might say that two or three times if you're preaching the same message. On the fourth or fifth time, you drop me out of it. Why? The light bulb has gone on. It's yours now. It's in your heart. It's a truth that you know. And you don't have to give me credit. Just like I don't give whoever I heard it from the first time credit anymore either. Because I know it. It's part of me. Amen. Did I read Jeremiah twenty nine eleven? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. Plans for good and not for evil. Is is what other versions say. To give you a future and hope. Hope and a future. Good things. You see that? Verse 12. And here's, here's where people drop off. They say, oh God has good plans for me. A hope and a future. And they cling to that and that's an awesome thing to do. I've got that one on my refrigerator as well. But listen. There's always... Have you ever been in a relationship... Where, let's don't blame the other person in this one. Let's just blame ourselves. Where you just didn't really participate. (laughs) You didn't really, uh, you weren't into it. And that person really did. They they tried maybe too hard, you know. But it didn't work out, did it? It just didn't work out. Because relationships, a, a godly relationship... A, a healthy and prosperous relationship is two way, right? It's the same with us in God. The whole meaning of our existence, the whole meaning of eternal life, as defined by Jesus Himself in John 17 3 this is eternal life that they, they know you, the one true God, and your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent. That word know is a, an intimate, passionate, relational word. The same word they used in Genesis when it said, Adam knew Eve and they conceived and had a child. <laughs> it's not sexual of course, but you get the point. Yeah. And so it's a two-way street. So he he has great plans for us, but look at verse 12. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. He hears our prayers, doesn't he? You will seek me, Verse 13. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Now, I have spent a great amount of time with the Lord, seeking Him, coming to know Him, learning His word, learning His ways, Yielding my life to Him, but I am by no means anything special. I, I, I may be, uh, I may live a, a better life than ninety percent of the Christians, but that doesn't mean anything to God. All our righteousness is as filthy rags in His sight. I know people. Who really live holy lives? I, you know, Andrew Womack, who we're associated with through this, he's never had a cup of coffee. He's never spoken a, a curse word in his life. <laughs> you know, he was in Vietnam, with bullets whizzing over his head. He was the chaplain's assistant, and he was just saying, "Wow!" He was praying for the. He, he could see the the muzzle flash and of them coming up to that. They were on them one of those camps where the on the uh, whatever they call them. And they were being attacked. And like uh, 800 mortar rounds went off in there. In, 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 the, in, the, in the six or seven hours through that day. And they were all supposed to die. And a lot of them did. And he was actually praying for those people who were coming. He's like, wow, Lord, I could actually come and be with you today. And I, you know, I'm praying for the soul. I know those men don't know you. I mean, he's praying for everybody. <laughs> I mean, this is just a holy guy, Right he't he doesn't think think of himself either. Mm-hmm. We just call him Andrew mm-hmm. but if he's if there's ever a a real apostle he is one. but I'm just saying I don't think many of us can claim that we are seeking God with all of our hearts right and he 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 lays out promises in his word and he tells you also how to how to get it and we don't want to turn that into a works thing because listen, just like for me with with having to have the surgery. Well, God provided the best surgeon, provided the insurance, provided the best care in the world for me. And I got it all done. Part of it I was born with. The rest of it happened later. And it was like my, my surgeon said the blue plate special. You know, the aorta, the aorta valve, a double bypass. That's a lot. And they said no one lives more than three years with this. Well, I've been I've been hiding it for way longer than that. <laughs> so I'm still blessed it's still a miracle and listen if God couldn't get it to me he, it wasn't his best is what I'm saying he would rather have for me to have received it supernaturally and I honestly believe that that's available but the fact that I didn't get it supernaturally and when I realize there's no condemnation he doesn't love me any less he doesn't think any less of me that's the difference in religion and relationship. Some people get upset when they find out they have a part to play. They don't want to take any responsibility for their emotions or their thoughts or their, their faith or, or any part of the relationship. Well, that's just silly. But listen, if God doesn't do anything else and you don't receive anything else, I have a... A brother who passed away. He was the age I am now. A few years ago, he passed away, and it was really hard. But in the last year of his life, I had a pastor friend up in Amarillo, and I called him. I said, "Man, will you go and visit my brother? I'm just so concerned that you know." He says he says he's saved, but I don't see the evidence, you know. And I just and he said, "Absolutely." He went and he spent. Time with him on more than one occasion, and he knows that my brother received his salvation. Now, my brother, like all of the all the all the young men in my family, are dead now. We none of us should have made it. <laughs> you know, it was just uh, we were brought up in hard ways and uh, and and did bad things, and and uh, and uh, all of our wounds were self inflicted. You know what I mean? But Thank God he spared me. But my brother, my point about my brother, he died from cirrhosis of the liver and some other complications. But he never got to experience the things that I teach here. The things that I show in my book. The things that I have in all those messages online about building relationship. How to come closer to God and how to benefit from that relationship. He did not benefit in this life Because he didn't mature in that way. But he's with the Lord now. And if that's all he got, then great. I'm sorry that his life is so hard because of the lack of relationship with the Lord and the lack of understanding. My people are perishing for lack of knowledge. That's what the Lord says. And he's right. But when people say God didn't answer, they're wrong. Jesus said the opposite in Matthew The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, I think, verse 8. Ah, yeah. Ask, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Oh, this goes perfectly with that scripture from Jeremiah. This is new, New Testament, New Covenant. So we got from the Old and the New. Amen? Amen? So Jesus said, ask, and it will be given to you. To who? Yeah, are you are you a are you are you a person? Yeah. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. And then look at verse eight. For everyone, raise your hand if you're a part of everyone. Everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be open. And then he goes on to explain about just what I was saying. Would you put sickness on your child or something like that? He says, he says, uh, he says, says, uh, or which one of you, if, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? See, this is what I was talking about before. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Hallelujah. There's a promise to stand on. You see, the difference in this word and any other book that you find in the world is this one was not written by men about God. Like like these universalist uh, teachers try to teach people now, so they rule out large portions of this. Anything that doesn't fit their lifestyle or their mindset, they just rule it out. Old book written by old white guys about God. Wrong. This, 2 Timothy 3.16 says... All scripture is God-breathed and given by inspiration of God. So, this is a book written by the Holy Spirit through about 50 different writers. Amen. Over the course of about a couple thousand years. But this word is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it will speak to you the same scripture you read 10 years ago, today will say something totally different to you because it will apply to this situation and circumstance. And that light will go on and you say, and you know that God is talking to you. And you go down you tell all your buddies and they go, yeah, whatever. But you know, you know when God is talking to you because he does it in the coolest little ways. And when you're wise enough, uh, Sam was just sharing with me a story earlier about how he pointed out to a young man last night that something good had happened to him. He said, see, that's God. And it's it's so special for us to do that, to get into a habit of doing that, to notice God in the little things, because then he begins to pour it on. It becomes fun for him then. You see, the relationship gets fun the more we acknowledge and exalt him and magnify him. Instead of, you know, that person you, you meet, you know, and they're in the church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumping on the, the deals and all that. You know, I used to admire that. I'm like, man, Lord, I guess, you know, I'm boring. You know, I. he said, that's what I need. I'm all this hooping and hollering and... Yeah, yeah. You know, I've got the Holy Ghost. I speak in tongues. I pray, but I don't do it in church. Because the Bible says not to, for starters, I don't juggle snakes. And I ain't going to run around the room. It says the because the Bible tells me... The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So if somebody jumps up in the middle of church service, overwhelmed by the Holy Ghost, and he's taking control of them, and they start spouting everything, I just tell them, sit down, please. That's the flesh. If it's really God, God's a God of order. He's a gentleman. He'll wait his turn. You see, it might very well be a word from God, and this person, just very, they're very sensitive. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes you see people running around in church and stuff like that, and, and and they do feel the anointing, they do feel the presence of God, but they just they need to learn to mantle that back a little bit. I, it just depends on the situation. I I know a preacher one time we had a guest preacher, and one of his people, in real service she started jumping around and running around the room. And uh, about the second lap, the, the, uh, the visiting preacher said to the pastor, he said, aren't you going to put a stop to that? He said, I didn't start it. And if it's God, I don't want to get in the way. And if it's not, then, you know, we'll deal with that later. <laughs> anyway, Jesus said, God does answer prayers and God is good. Amen. Amen. Look over in second Thessalonians chapter two. Back in the back, all the T's. Timothy, Titus, and Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Man, I'm not going anywhere I thought I was going today. Okay. And verse 16 and 17. Paul was talking to us. And he says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself... And God, our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Hope for the Christian is a confident expectation of good from God. You see? Not as the world says hope, you know, oh, I hope so. Well, does that sound like they're believing for anything? No, they. I mean, they may very well. I mean, I know they want it to happen, and they. But they. That's not. That doesn't sound like faith, does it? That's just wishing, hope <laughs> and wishing. For us, we have God's word, and if it if it weren't true, everything you know, including your own body, would just come unwound. <laughs> We'd fly off of the earth. You know what I mean. Every, and matter of fact, when this world is gone, the only thing that will remain according to the word is the word. And so we can believe this and trust it. And the the, the, future, the, the sooner we begin to live a life of faith, we, we begin to feed our faith and starve our fears and, and, and create what they call an apostolic environment in your world. Speak your future. Speak it into, you believe with your heart, but you confess with your mouth. If you're not confessing some of these things, you're not really believing in your heart. So let's begin to get to a place where we confess the the promises of God. When we come across something, we go, hey, that one's mine. You know what I do? I go grab the grocery list thing off the refrigerator and I just, I write it down. That scripture, and I just put it up there. I got a bunch of them right now because I've been believing for a lot of stuff lately. Believe me, but you know, and then just when you see it, when you when just speak it out, speak it out into your atmosphere, into your situation, instead of speaking. You know, you meet a lot of people, and they, and they they'll say, and "You say, how you doing?" You know, and they, oh, uh, I, God is good. I'm believing God. But by their demeanor, they're wanting to tell you what the devil's up to. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can tell. Mm -hmm. What's the matter, you know? Oh, well, you know. And and they'll tell you. You you got to ask very hard. And they'll, they'll spend 20 minutes telling you of all that the devil is doing in their life. And then they'll say, But I'm believing God. You know, but they like to tell the story. Oh, that old devil was just trying. Well, man, that you know that is not good. We we don't need. I don't even like to talk about the devil's victories. Sometimes we have to share things, repeat them. I mean, it's not a sin, but but it's all about. Don't stop short of giving God the glory. You know, but, yeah, this sickness is trying to come upon me. But you know. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. You know, God is no respecter of persons. If He did it for one, He'll do it for me. He did it for Barnabas. He did it for the leper. He said, That leper, he, he, what did He tell him? He said, Lord, if, if you're willing, I know you can make me clean. Exactly. And Jesus, what did Jesus say? I'm willing. And He reached out and touched him, which was wrong in that culture. But He had no fear, He was God. And he was cleansed. Okay, what's the difference in us and that leper? The leopard didn't know if Jesus was willing. Right. He knew he could. Just like we do. Yeah. But he didn't know if he was willing. And I think that's where a lot of us still are. But now the fact that he did it for him, he said, I'm willing. And he did it for him. We don't have to ask Jesus if he's willing anymore. We just have to receive by faith. If he's no God is no respecter of persons. If he did it for one, he'll do it for you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, "If you've seen the Father, you've seen me. You've seen the Father, and we know that Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil." So this is just an example of the scriptures that we can rely upon. Saying, "I don't have to ask if he's willing." Now I know. Now I'm just going to cling to these scriptures by faith and I'm gonna I'm gonna confess it until I believe it you know what I mean so anyway I just think that we're falling short of our inheritance in many cases because we're we're a culture that has we've got this microwave mentality don't we if it's a if we get down on our knees and pray and he didn't, he didn't fix the problem by the time we get up, well, I guess He ain't gonna an answer. That. <laughs> I got to fix this one on my own. <laughs> Step back, Lord. I got this. And then you know what He does? He steps back and waits. We just need to give Him a better chance. Amen? I can prove to you that there's time in the spiritual realm as well through Daniel. But uh, that's another message for another time. So... A lot of times, we just need to wait on the Lord. And, and I think we'll see much better. But we don't have to have the same kind of hope that the world does, is what I was getting at through this passage of Scripture in 2 Thessalonians. Ours is a confident expectation of good from God. So how can we have hope when there's so much bad in the world? What makes us special? What's it say right there? Gives who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace. We have the grace of God. The grace of God is the provision of God. The grace of God is God's ability available to us on an unearned basis. You see that? God's grace is the provision and the power to be and to do all that He has created us to be and to do. I've known people that said, well, I do the best I can and Jesus covers the rest. And they call that grace. That's not grace. The Bible teaches us that grace in, in uh, Titus two eleven, I think, 12... The grace of God has appeared to all men. Okay, so if it's appeared to all men, how come they're not all saved? Because they they, they haven't received it by faith, right? The grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching us to live godly lives. So it teaches us, and it provides for us. So not only all of those emotional uh, characteristics that I... I named off the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that are the abiding fruit of the Spirit of God which lives in us. But also, our finances have been taken care of. Our relationships have been taken care of. Our bodies have been taken care of. Um, John 14, 27, on that uh, Jesus gave us a personal gift, something the, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. He, he's, he's talking to the disciples on that fateful night that he was betrayed, and he's, he has so much to tell them. So he's telling them that, that about the Father. He tells them about the Holy Spirit. And then he stops and he says, he gives us something very personal from himself. He says, peace I give to you. And then he qualifies it. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. In other words, I'm not going to take it back or change my mind. And then, our part. If you notice, when you start reading, you find these promises of God. There's always something with it. Just like that Jeremiah 29:11 that everybody likes. I, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for hope and a future to prosper you not to harm you. And they stop right there. Well, the next part, next scripture is our part. Then you will seek me and find me. You'll pray to me and I'll hear you. And you'll you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. He says, "Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid." After he gives us his peace, so what's our job then? When fear comes upon us, tries to. When trouble comes into the midst, because it's it's every day, right? There's something. We are supposed to reject those thoughts. People say, I can't help what I think. I've heard that a million times. I can't help who I love. I can't help who I think. I mean, what I think. All that's wrong. I'm not, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm not here just to be pejorative about people in general and just say, what an awesome guy I am. I'm, I'm talking to myself. But the truth is the truth. And the more of it that we receive and grow in And learn to walk in That we'll have greater victory in this life When we learn to reject the lies of the devil How many friends do you have right now That are overwhelmed Because they have bought into the devil's lies Don't you wish you could just Just snap your fingers And the lights would go on And they would be free That's what God wants for all of us because we all have different levels of, of freedom that we enjoy in Him, if we know Him. First of all, if you've been born again, you don't have that sin nature anymore. The devil, you know, ever since Adam and Eve in the garden, when sin entered in, that spirit of Adam was corrupted. And then the Bible says that everyone born since him had that corrupted spirit. So... When you see a little baby and they're so selfish and they're self-centered. that they, Well, they, they don't have to learn that. <laughs> and then they act like the devil for a few years, don't they? And we say, oh, it's so sweet. No, they're not. <laughs> but they're safe, you know, for a time until they know the truth and they can choose. So don't worry about them. But I'm not picking on kids. But I'm just saying we're all born with that. And some people even at our age still have it. That sin nature because... And, then if, and so if they want to say the devil made me do it, really they're telling the truth. But now, if you've been born again, that sin nature was evicted when God came in. He ushered in His Spirit, renewed your spirit, and sealed that spirit with the promised Holy Spirit. And it's perfect. And one-third of your salvation is over. Now your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, your personality, and your body remain, right? And so we're renewing our souls, our minds, according to the word. Just like Paul asks us to in Romans 12. I beseech you, I'm I'm begging you, brothers. Based on everything God has done for you to renew your minds according to the word. Don't be conformed to the world. Renew your minds so that you may know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We can know the will of God. Ephesians five ten simply says, "Find out what pleases God." The fact that they ask us to tells us that it's available. People say, "Well, God works in mysterious ways; you just never know with God." Well, yes and no. You you can know God. And that's what we're talking about here today. It's all about relationship. It's all about relationship. The only thing limiting us is our faith, not the world, not other people, not Satan. We, we're raising up an entire generation now who are being taught to be offended. Who are being taught to be a victim. And it's very sad because that's not God. He doesn't want us to see ourselves as victims. We are not to even identify with the things that have happened and the things that we've done in our past. We've all done things that we're probably very ashamed of. I, I probably more than most. I tried to sabotage every good thing God ever did in my life. And I, and I did for the most part for a great part of my life. I went up and down and up and down and I, I did everything in the world and find out I still had a big fat hole in my heart. I was empty. And I'm like, well, if this doesn't do it, what does? It was God that I was missing. And now that I know Him. He wants me to put all that behind me. Leave it all behind. Just like the song said. And man, we bring stuff up to him and he's like, he gets quiet sometimes. He's like, I I can just see him going, (laughs) this again, I forgave you. I forgave that on the cross. You know, when I saved you, when I, uh, nobody even comes to God lest he draws you. You're not even sitting here because you finally found God. No, He He pulled you in. He was looking for you. He chose you before the foundations of the world. That is special to me. I look around and it scares me. I see billions of people that don't know Jesus. And I'm like, that, that should be so humbling for us. How did you pick me to be in your family, Lord? And thank you, by the way. <laughs> But we're the only ones that can limit God's intervention in our affairs, is what I'm saying. Now, bad things happen to good people. This is a fallen world. The devil is in charge of this world for a time, the Bible says. But if we have our salvation, then we have a, the favor of the Lord. surrounds us as a shield, you see. The only authority the enemy has in the life of the Christian is what we give him. Now, we could suffer as a Christian. We could be martyred as a Christian. We could, and that's a, that's a blessing. <laughs> it really is. But we, we're not looking for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But as far as the the confidence and the hope we have and the peace that we have is in knowing that the, all the promises in, in God are yes and amen in Christ. So every 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 promise in this book is yours. And all you got to do is claim it. Just believe more in God's ability to work in your life than Satan's or man's. We we always feel like this person's causing me all this harm. This person's in my way. Or we get a little more spiritual and then we start blaming the, the devil. Forget all that, man. He's nothing. He's already defeated. Just magnify the Lord. When the, when, when the enemy comes upon you, he starts to try to get you depressed or angry or out of character. If it's not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control, it's not God. And so when you see those things coming, reject them. Because all sin starts with a thought. Old Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen passed away now, but... He, he used to say, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest on your head. And that's what he was talking about as our thought life. When we say, I can't control what I think. Yeah, we can. We just have to reject that. No, that's not God. Sometimes, sometimes my wife, you'll just hear me. All these things will be quiet and I'll say, huh, huh. Nope. <laughs> I don't mean to do it out loud. But I'm just rejecting something that's trying to get into my head. You know what I mean? It's not. I know it's not God, and I just reject it. And if I can't get it away, I just go to the Word. I start confessing the Word because the Bible says that I will. He will replace a spirit of heaviness with a garment of praise. So when we praise God, just start thanking and praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you. Just start at your feet and work your way up, you know? Start with air conditioning and it takes his heat, right? Mm-hmm. You know how the Catholics make holy water? They boil the hell out of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's <crazy. laughs> Sorry, Lord. <laughs> But anyway, guys, I'm going to stop because we've gone on for 39 minutes and uh, your minds can only absorb as much as your seats can endure. But uh, I have a I have a message to share with you next week. I didn't start on this week, (laughs) but I feel like the Lord had his way. Amen. Amen. And I would always I always my prayer is always, Lord, have your way. Holy Spirit, don't let me get in the way. And so I feel like we've had a good time with the Lord here today. And maybe we've grown a little. Pray with me. Father, thank you for the truths that you've shared with us today. Any part that wasn't you, Lord, just erase it from our minds and hearts. But all the things that I believe that you shared through me today, Lord, cause them to be revelation, knowledge in our hearts and minds and And uh, help us to grow in that direction. To grow closer to you in that relationship with you. Because that's where we can really be helped. And we know that you want to heal us everywhere we hurt, Lord. And so that we can in turn help others. So thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be a part of your family. A part of the kingdom. And help us to be about your business. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I know a long time, but yes.